Poster has been joined by a very fetching Kevin Hardwick right next to it. And, of course, I'm not sitting here in Big Al's house by myself. Big Al's here. Here I am. Here's Big Al at Big Al's house. And I should mention, along with that Kevin Hardwick poster, I have a pretty good set of Kevin Hardwick wigs. Oh! If you guys want to hang out afterwards. Why haven't they been busted out already? Kerry Hemsley beard as well, I believe. Of course. Well, I usually... I haven't, I've kept them out of the spotlight because usually when I break them out, it changes the mood of things. So yeah. I like to get it to a place where we're all comfortable. Everyone's having a good time. Everyone's when- let go just a little bit. <laughs> We're not far away from that place right now. (laughs) We've got a show to do first. It's good that you know when to drop the hardwick (laughs) on your friends. Jono's here. Jono. Hello, guys. I'd like to say hello to our first-time listeners and also our loyal listeners who listen to us every week. To you, to us, you are family. Well, that's very welcoming. Look... Of course, how we start these is to talk about our round reflections mm. for the current round just passed. And who is putting their hand up? Big Al. Uh, so my current round reflection, uh, it's all based on Indigenous round. Uh, we've just been through the in the annual NRL Indigenous round. And I just think we're, we're a progressive rugby league show. We're all about highlighting the progressive aspects of the game. And I think Indigenous Round is such a fantastic moment on the rugby league calendar for the game to highlight uh, what the game does to celebrate Indigenous culture, which I, I think, and we all know, like, I'm a rugby league tragic, blah, blah, blah. I honestly think the rugby league does a better job than any other sport in this country about embracing and celebrating Indigenous culture. And I think it's just, uh, it's just a fantastic sign of um, respect. And it's done it for decades now, you could say, going back to Arthur Beetson being the first uh, national captain, being an Indigenous national captain yep. of an Australian sporting team. Yep. Obviously, the Indigenous All-Stars game. The uh, Indigenous All-Stars game is not something that's spoken about enough. I think yeah. that's such an amazing concept and there's not been nothing but um, everybody's embraced it, everybody's for it. It was I, the very first one I was hanging out for it so much because it sort of kicks off the beginning of the rugby mm. preseason. So you get it at about uh, mid Feb, just when you're hanging out for that yeah. taste of football. And it's, not only is it a game, it's a game stacked with all the players. Plus, it's also got this great, um, yeah, respectful nod to what it's all about, which yeah. is celebrating Indigenous culture and also giving professional rugby league uh, Indigenous players a chance to represent their culture which is yeah. is so rare and I think it's just amazing so well done rugby league and it, and it enables them to those players themselves to learn about the culture that they probably did not in many cases grow up understanding fully so it's it works in many ways yeah. but yeah the indigenous round itself the good thing about it is it's not just a tokenistic um, you know wear a jersey they're actually you know in the community they're, the other night the 
Bulldogs versus Parramatta game. They sung the Australian national anthem in language, yeah. which I thought was a beautiful touch. So I, I love it. I, the jerseys look great as well. Should we talk about I, the jerseys? Actually, you know, oh, yeah. Let's talk about the jerseys because I have some I have some things to say here. Okay. So every game, every, every Indigenous round, the, each team releases its Indigenous jersey, and they're always fantastic. I think this year the pick of the bunch is probably the Tigers and Manly. I think they're they're two fantastic right. jerseys. Like Parramatta's as well. Yeah. On the other side of the scale, I have to say. The Penrith Panthers, I think, have really not done as good a job as they could have with their Indigenous jersey this year. Yeah. It's a little subtle. It's probably too subtle. It looks to me like all they've done is change the outline of the oak logo to be dotted lines yeah. instead of like. I'm, you know, I'm sure it goes deeper than that. But from that first glance, when they did the, the photo, the photo op of all the captains in their Indigenous mm. jerseys, they all stood out as Indigenous jerseys, except for that Penrith one, which just I just think they could have done uh, a better job. I, I think. Uh, Back on the jerseys quickly, the Warriors jersey I also liked because it also brought another Indigenous culture, not just Aboriginal Australians, but also looked at uh, obviously the Maori culture as well. Um, my favourite jersey of the weekend was the Parramatta jersey. Uh, there was a, it was busy jersey, it's sort of like. Busy. Do you remember the Socceroos jersey from the oh, uh, yeah, late eighties? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, had that vibe. But I think that that's sort of coming back into fashion. I, I, yeah. So that sort of you know pleated. Pat- pattern I thought it was a beautiful jersey so well done I'd also like to call out um, it's not just the, the players and the teams but the referees also have an indigenous jersey for indigenous mm, yeah. which I think is a, a fantastic touch I didn't notice it uh, first game round but yeah I think you know by Saturday I kind of realised it was yeah. there uh, my, my feeling uh, the Raiders uh, I like the Raiders yeah, jersey that was, that nice was my favourite this time round and I've got to say, like, not that we like being negative here on the Progressive Rugby League podcast, but the Broncos, try harder, please, yeah. next year. Yeah. Because there was, was not much happening there at all. It was a three-star jersey. <laughs> it was disappointing. <laughs> um, and can I just say about Indigenous Round, uh, we're, we're obviously all in agreement here that it's a great thing. Yeah. And we want to see it going many years into the future. This year... Just slightly disappointed by the timing of the fact that in the uh, federal budget uh, release, the government's decided to spend fifty million dollars on a uh, new Captain Cook memorial. Yeah, I did read that. There's some sort of commemoration for the 250th anniversary of yeah, the which, landing of the first fleet or something. Yeah, we're not, that's not fitting nicely with Indigenous Round at all. Uncool. So, yeah, uncool. We've got enough cook statues. $50 million. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. $50 million is, is a lot of rugby league balls. <laughs> that could go we're out. Straight to grassroots. That's right. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, rather than yelling $50 million, um, might move on to... Do you want to keep talking about Indigenous? Well, I have one more reflection on the Indigenous Round. Yeah. When I looked on the NR web NRL website of all the jerseys and they had players uh, you know wearing the jerseys and then I noticed there was a stranger on the Newcastle Knights I'm not sure if you guys saw this but there was Mitchell Pearce wearing the uh, the Knights indigenous jersey yes. and it looked like he was holding his balls that was a strange oh, right. it was a strange it was a strange pose I thought you know surely there was another shot in there but uh, ladies and gentlemen just avoid that that picture if you could well he's he's got an odd facial expression in that picture too like he'd really rather not be there and yeah. I find that hard to believe because no, he, he loves all the quotes that he loves in the indigenous round but it was a right. strange photo I thought they could have chosen better perhaps than that so 
that particular photo. They catch him mid scratch, but maybe, maybe we've all been there. Yeah, we've yeah. all got arms. Um, back on jerseys as well. So mm. uh, the Roosters jersey I was reading about today, um, connection with that Arthur Beetson. Yeah, it was designed by Arthur Beetson's mm, granddaughter. Yes, There's some some familiar connection there. And right. It's actually got um, Artie his face. Yeah, hey, oh, oh, that's Artie, great. So that's a really nice nod. Yeah, again to the phenomenal. Um, Feat of Arthur Beats, not as a great player, but also, yeah, first Indigenous captain of any sporting team, of any national sporting team yeah. in this country. Yeah. We're only, I think, seven years prior to him becoming captain, uh, Indigenous people weren't even recognised as right. citizens. Yeah. Um, so, it, great work for the game to recognise um, yeah. Indigenous culture. I think it was really, hats off, and it's not tokenistic, and it's, it's, a really, it's, it's a great time of year. No, but what about the All-Stars game? Yeah, it has been on the back burner the last couple of years, hasn't it? So the All Stars was post was was paused for World Cup and Auckland Nines. Oh, so, so it'll be back. Oh, it'll be back. Oh, yeah, great, it's back fantastic. The, it's back on the calendar. Okay, so, I was worried. Yeah. Um, John, was that your round reflection, or do you have more for us? I'll have a round reflection. It comes uh, from the other side of the world, in the UK, and it's Challenge Cup weekend, as we know. And, and I just remember hearing when I heard the Lee Centurions beat the Salford City Red Devils in the Challenge Cup. So a, a, a championship team beating a Super League team. I just thought, what a wonderful competition! What a wonderful moment for the competition. Yeah, it, it's got that same feel of when a you know. A Coca-Cola division or three. That's right. In the FA Cup. Or something in the FA Cup beats a Premier League team. Yeah, and and I suppose I thought to myself, my reflection is, wouldn't it be great if we could get a competition such as that in Australia? And and the question is, could we actually ever have such a competition? Because all the lower grades tend to feed up into the the main competition, so it's probably very difficult. But I, I would love some sort of knockout competition to accompany the NRL. Yeah. Even if it's the 16 NRL clubs playing, I don't know, at the start of the year, a uh, knockout competition, yeah. it only has to go over four weeks. Uh, I think a knockout competition, just a, a bit of, uh, you know, um, unpredictability. The size of this big brown land of ours is probably the mm. uh, inhibiting factor there because it, it's, it's fine to have those kind of comps in England yeah. because it's, you know, the size of the ACT. <laughs> but um, yeah, obviously, getting if if, we, if we're going to make it a national yeah. kind of knockout comp, you'd, you'd have you know Cape York teams playing Tasmania. And we're, and we're talking about that might be an exaggeration. <laughs> I don't know if Tasmania is going to be your team, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So we're talking about amateur teams, amateur local community teams playing in an organised knockout that at some point mm-hmm. introduces semi-professional, professional teams. Well, it, it can't happen at the moment, obviously, because the the teams that are below the NRL teams, they are linked to NRL teams. And so obviously that would never happen. But even if that can't happen at the moment, uh, I think some sort of knockout competition, probably at the start of the year, between the 16 NRL clubs would be a good way to start the year. Instead of like nines or instead of uh, the, you know, the trials, the meaningless trials, why not have some sort of knockout? They used to have the, remember the Tui's Challenge or something it was? Uh, there was a midweek competition back in the 70s Maybe even into the 80s, the Amco, Amco Cup, Cup, which was a knockout. Yeah. And they played most of the games at Leichhardt Oval, I think. They did on Wednesday night, yeah. Yeah, Wednesday night. Panasonic, Panasonic Cup. Yeah, Panasonic Cup. In the Cup. Uh, 80s, late 80s, early yeah. 90s, maybe. Yeah. Um, so why not bring back a, a separate knockout competition? I think it's, it's probably just all got to do with, with injuries and yeah. paranoia from 
coaches about yeah. exposing their players to scenarios where they'll get injured in for like a meaning or they'll deal with meaningless this competition. So, which is why you only get like coaches don't release players for the Auckland Nines, and it's why you yeah. get meaningless trials because there's not many of them because it opens every time. So, have a one or two of your old dogs and then blood your youngins. Yeah, I mean, you, you don't have to put your best team. It's, it's going to be a knockout competition at the start of the year. You put whatever team you want out there. So the clubs who are probably not going to be the top clubs in the main competition will probably try harder. They'll probably win the comp and then their supporters will be roused for this upcoming season. I disagree with you that um, it, it can't work because you've got too many kind of second-tier clubs being feeder clubs to NRL clubs. Why can't an NRL, NRL club play its feeder club? What yeah. if the club wins? Imagine that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That would actually be a really ben. fiery competition, I think, if you had first grade playing reserve. It's like the... Bears v. South. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. Jets Sharks. Yeah. yeah. It's sort of like the old... Magpies versus West Tigers. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the old Australia versus Australia, right? In the cricket, remember that? Yeah, that's I do strange. remember that. A strange what, season. What, they only dallied with that concept for like one season. Why? why? <laughs> I don't know. Roosters versus Wyoming Roos. Hmm? That's the dream. Anyway, they're my reflections of the weekend. Yep. My round reflection is short. Ponga. He's bloody good. Can play. How good is he? How good is he? That's one of the uh, the great rugby league-isms of rugby league commentary. And they just say a name and then, how good is he? Or, yeah. how fast is he? Or, how strong is he? That's lazy commenting. You're making me do the work? That's you tell me how good he is. And was there any um, Kalen Ponga? I, I missed the Newcastle game. Was there any Kalen Ponga throw off the headgear into beast mode? No. <laughs> no. But he's he just uh, all out. He's all all about the uh, cutting out two people pass. He's yeah. just got the long passing game happening at the moment. I don't know if he knows if he wants to be a fullback or a 5 eighth really, but it's just he's doing both at the moment, and it's pretty He's amazing. a very impressive player. Yeah. I want to see him develop the short passing game, which I know Slug is your strength. Well, yeah, you should get up there and teach him a thing or two. The Slug's short passing game. Soft hands. I've before, but boy, oh. howdy, is it, it's on. Yeah, point. Look, Nathan Brown. <laughs> you through those holes. If you're listening, the Slug's ready. <laughs> uh, let's uh, get into the mailbag for this week. Kept refreshing my email. No new email from John O'Duncan with a yeah. new song, so must have been disappointing. But, here we go. People have questions. People have thoughts. They write into us. We try to answer them. PRL Mailbag. It's the PRL Mailbag. First entry in the mailbag this week is from somebody called Ross, and he's commenting on our conversation last episode about the progressiveness of mascots. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ross says, although it irks me to say it, Sea Eagles is definitely up there with Rabbitohs as a progressive name slash mascot. Not Seagulls, not Eagles, but Sea Eagles. Local, traditional, organic. There was a time when the jersey was plain maroon with a seagull across the chest. You can probably find a photo of Rex Mossop wearing it. We'll look for that, actually, during the week and put it up. Mm. But thank you, Ross. Yeah. Thanks for your feedback, Ross. And look, 
Sea Eagles, when you think about it, I haven't heard of another professional sporting team called the Sea Eagles. Uh, is anyone else? I've heard Seahawks. Oh, yeah, so, so it is a re- maybe it's a regional. Original. Oh, yeah, I, I would agree with Ross's comments. Only on the proviso that the Sea Eagle is a real creature. If like, I'm pretty convinced it doesn't exist. Do I need to? I put, do I need to put a Sea Eagle Wikipedia I, page up? I, I, I think you may, because if it doesn't exist, then uh, in my opinion, naming your team the Sea Eagles is just the same as your under eight footy team naming themselves the Thundercats or the Super Dudes. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes up well, something that sounds cool. But another another question is, is real. if it is real, is it from the northern beaches of Sydney? Because that would make it uh, another progressive. I thought so. It's got a very wide habitat. Mm-hmm. I assume that there must have been a particular concentration around Manly okay. for okay. them to decide that it's enough to associate with the area. Mm-hmm. But like I said last time, I, I just don't know like with how built up Manly is now. Sure. How many seagulls are, you know, fat around. around. As long as they exist and as long okay. as they were there, then yes. Okay. We're with you, Ross. Thank you. Ross. Thank you for the feedback. Appreciate it. Now, second instalment. That's right, fellas. Two entries in the mailbag this oh, week. Can oh, you believe yeah. that? Personal best. Yeah. Is from previous writer to the mailbag, Ashton. Ashton writes, Okay, fellas. With State of Origin fast approaching, what are your thoughts on selections? Not specifically team lists, but progressive selections for each team that could shake up the spectacle. Also, a deeper look into how it becomes a more progressive series. Thanks for that question, Ashton. Wow. Who's leaping at this? Well, I'll have a go first up. Look, in terms of progressive rugby league players... Uh, obviously you want it to be as entertaining as possible you want it to be flashy you want it to be exciting uh, for current players I'd love to see in the New South Wales team Josh Adokar the Fox yes. I mean, what a name you see a lot of big wingers these days who aren't necessarily fast they're just strong and as we've spoken they're very important parts of the game so it would be just great to see a, a flashy quick winger in the origin uh, system again yeah. another one I'd go to fullback for New South Wales I'd much prefer uh Turbo Tom Trebojevic yep. over uh, the incumbent, who is James Tedesco. I think he has that. He can slice through a gap, and he's got a bit, a few ball skills. So I think that's very entertaining. Uh, but the other side of things is, I, I know our friend Big Al here, who, who understandably thinks Origin should play second fiddle to international rugby league. Yeah. And I put myself into Big Al's mind. To try to work out how I make. Well, be careful in there. Don't look, don't, don't look too far. You'll, you'll it's a to... wild place, let me tell you. Oh, it took me a couple of days to, to sort of calm, calm down yeah. afterwards. But how to make Origin second fiddle to the International Rugby League. And the only way I could think to make it second fiddle is for New South Wales to dominate the series. Because if Queensland dominates the series, as we've seen over the last 10 years, it gets more popular and more popular because it's really origin is all about Queensland. Yes. But as soon as New South Wales start dominating, then people switch off. Queenslanders switch off because they can't stand the, the yep. thought of them losing yeah. and New South Wales get complacent and don't care anymore. Right. So the only way to make it uh, in the progressive rugby league world, to make it subservient to international rugby league, yep. is to kill it yep. by... Strengthening the New South Wales team and weakening the Queensland team. Weaken its appeal. We, so, we so the way we do that is pick basically, I don't know, Queensland Cup players. Well, the Origin just team. Pick, pick the Origin team. We've picked the last 
10 or 11 series and I think you get the same you, you, no, you well, want to win well if New South Wales wins then Origin loses its luster and then International Rugby League can step yes. in and then take over to its rightful place right. according to Big Al so to the, can I step out of your mind now in my head. Yes, I'm exhausted so pick every Saints player that is eligible and then try and work something else out around it this year Yeah, pick on form I would say in terms of that's a really meaty question and mm. I think we're probably all going to need a, to take a week to reflect on building a progressive team. Mm. But I'd say the first steps toward, towards building a progressive team would be to identify the current unprogressive pillars of your team yeah. and you know, not make the same mistakes again. Yeah. So there's certain players that, that I think are in... There are certain players that, are, I, that I, I dub as not progressive enough for my set of origin team. And there's one in particular that is probably playing well enough to actually get picked, but I hope it, he's not picked because, in my mind, he's just not progressing. Name names. It's Blake Ferguson. Oh, yeah, yeah it's going right. to be Blake Ferguson. <laughs> I'm not... He's playing really well, and he's probably playing well enough to be picked, but I, he's not progressive in my mind. And I'm sure this year he's had a, he's had a much cleaner year in terms of his... Uh, you know, he's, I think he's got a family or something now, and he's not drinking anymore and all that sort of stuff, but he's been unprogressive for long enough to, to not... Get a walk up. Yeah, that's right. Having people love you doesn't shake off your uh, <laughs> your uh, attitude or mm. or position. Is Josh Dugan in the same category there, Big Al? Yes, but I have no idea to make the team. Okay. Because so so back on players you'd want in the team then to make it a, a better spectacle. What I would do is I'd go straight to the stats and I look. If you're a forward, I'd look at your offload stats. Okay. If you haven't got more than three offloads per game you are not making my team you need to offload the ball and also I don't think there's a stat for it but I'd like to see chip and chase stats Uh, flick pass stats no look pass stats Uh, banana kick stats that's what Luke Brooks is in then yeah so these are the stats I'd look at Ash so uh, but this is a fantastic question yeah this is a very good question here's what I want to ask you and here's a problem I have every year with State of Origin Mm. Picking players out of position that they play each week. Because you've decided that these are the best players, but oh, I've got to fit them in somehow. Like, I, I, that's always irked me about New South Wales. Well, I, I yeah. suppose the, the theory there is if they're good enough, yeah. if you have the best players there, they're good enough to adjust and it's better than having a, a, a lesser player on the field, I is suppose. It, is yeah, it, yeah, I think, I think that's the right. question. I think I suffers from not picking the best position the best players for each position picking the best players yeah. and making it like I remember yeah. in the the late 90s they wanted to pick Brett Kamal and Andrew Johns so they made Andrew Johns play Hawker, exactly like, that's that's the best I mean, example it's, it's like up. yeah don't it's like it's like the New South Wales team has become like this group of players <laughs> that you just once you're in the group you'll get a position somewhere but, oh you're the best halfback <laughs> in the world oh we've got another halfback who's not quite as good but we still want him to play you can no, I stop myself. You can move to a position that's not yours, even though you're the best. Although it didn't work when they Sean Timmons at 5'8". Well, hang, hang on, hang lot, on. Wasn't he? Hang on, can I just go back to this period where Andrew Johns was playing hooker? Yeah. They did win that series in a record-breaking fashion. So Not the point. Not the point, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you should know that winning is second. Winning is second, yeah, that's true. We're we talking to here. This is true, this is true. Okay. Yes, I have a solid hope that new coach, Fitler, mm. is just going to go, you know what? I'm going to try something revolutionary. Yeah. If you play in there with your club, 
I'm going to pick you there for you. Yeah. I've got faith that Brad Fiddler will, will do the right thing and he'll steer away from the like the typical New South Wales Blues player yeah. who've had the last 10 years. Uh, yeah. I think he'll pick outside of the group. So, yeah. Okay. And I think the form probably dictates that he has to anyway. Like, you know, yeah. Aaron Woods is not having, the, not having a great year for yeah. Fiddler's probably. Oh, Fiddler's improved the last couple of weeks. So, uh, hang on. All he those, can't be picked. Oh, it's okay. Fiddler's declared his allegiance to Thomas. Yeah. So yeah. his hand's probably forced, which is good. I, I think we need, I, want to say, I don't want to say revolutionary change, but... You know what? In the prop forward department, your Paul Vaughan's. I mean, he's a prop forward who scores every second yeah. week. I mean, that's progressive. Boy, prop Shannon Boyd. But Paul Vaughan is a prop forward scoring tries. Yeah, wow, that's progressive rugby league. Is uh, Ryan, Ryan James oh, yeah. Queensland or New South Wales? He's New South Wales. New South Wales. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, I don't think we're short of props. Yeah. You know what I think would, would make State of Origin better is if they put in rules much like the All Stars, so you have to pick two team two players from every team if they put in rules as to how many players you could pick from one particular squad nice so that yeah, means yeah. so we're all expecting I, I really feel for the Dragons this year because they've had a fantastic year yeah. and they're going to be punished year. for it and they're going to be punished by having half of their team pick for State of Origin yeah. it's not fair and I think after this series I know the game's done a lot to reduce the impact of Origin on Premiership rounds but I think after this year everyone's going to realise that it, well, it's, just not, it's not fair I say too, so, too bad so sad Isn't, is that the term because I mean, last year, Melbourne had a whole bunch of players playing State of Origin. Yeah. They won the comp. I mean, if they're good enough... If that's why we have a final series, because we don't have first past the post because there's so many different permutations and inconsistencies with the draw and the Origin series. So that's why you have a final series and then the best team can win at the end of the, the comp. And I guess it'll become a legitimate recruitment strategy just to pick all internationals, like to, mm. to bring all internationals to your club so you don't have a down period in... Origin. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's a good point. What about the idea of, uh, you know, if you want to really jazz up State of Origin, have a quota of celebrities in the team? Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember the like like races? Like where a, little, yeah. like a little Matt Utah style. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, Shannon Noll playing uh, oh, Five Well, there's going to be a couple of celebrities that, are, that have played rugby league to a certain level before they dropped out. And you, like, oh, well, uh, Matt, Matt Nabel, wasn't he? He's, he's an actor now. Yeah, yeah. Did he used to you play? You said Adam Hills? Adam Hills. Yeah, Adam Hills. Adam Hills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, two celebrities in each team, and they have to be in the starting line. <laughs> no, we need to change. And, and one has to be in the halves. <laughs> well, I hope that answered your question, Ashton. Uh, you more go. celebrities. There you um, go. Progressive Rugby League. International updates. Big L. Thank you very much. Uh, so, there's been a lot happening in International Rugby League. Uh, and uh, the European leagues, as I like to call them, oh, yeah. gives them a nice little aspirational flair. <laughs> yes. European rugby league. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, as John mentioned earlier, there is uh, we're in the middle of a Challenge Cup round, so there's been a bit of a pause. So, um, but since last reported results, we've got some um, some movement from Catalans to lose in Toronto, of course. Uh, so, in the last game, Catalans went down to St Helens, twenty six to twelve. Unfortunately, that means that uh, Catalans is now... Well, actually, not unfortunately. Catalans is equal last. Yeah. And not yeah. equal last with one team, but equal last with two teams. Yeah. So maybe they're equal third last. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, Went the, down to the mascotless St. Helens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, um, they're equal third last. We last to equal third last with winners, the Vikings, and Hull KR with mm. six points in total. Oh, God. So Catalans, yeah, still in that red zone. They'll be, they'll be battling out with, with one of the golden children for... Uh, okay. 
to avoid relegation. Any Jews news? Jews reviews. Oh, I, 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 I don't have any Jewsbury news <laughs> written down. Because right. I didn't know if you guys would let me help put this into the, into the update, but I do have it up here in the old. Oh, excellent! <laughs> I do know that Dewsbury uh, went down to the Rochdale Hornets uh, by four points. I can't remember the exact score, the exact score, but I'm also a big Rochdale Hornets fan. Yeah. So oh, I'd yes. like to include. <laughs> if, 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 I, if I have the, the court's permission, I, I'd love to introduce Dewsbury into the. Yeah, sure. Right. Let's just have a whole Dewsbury. championship <laughs> section. Dewsbury News every week. I'm happy with it. Juice News is Juice News. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, and then moving down to the championship, uh, Toulouse have beaten Featherston 36-10, oh. and Toronto have smashed the Swinton Lions again 62-14. Yeah. So that's uh, perennial whipping boys for the Wolfpack there, the poor old Swinton Lions. Uh, and so checking in on the, the top of the championship ladder, we've got Toronto outright first on 23, Toronto outright second on 20, Featherston, rep- oh, sorry, not outright, not outright Toulouse. Second. Toulouse is equal second and Featherston is equal second with them right. 20 points and then London bringing it up quite far behind the pack actually on 16 points right so there you go what happened to the London Broncos they were, they were a powerhouse at one point weren't they no not really they never no. really uh, were a thing I think they they were they were a Super League team in the past I think Richard Branson yeah uh, bought them or was owning them at some point but I'm they being never... affected by marketing and propaganda yeah is probably you've been hanging out with Big Al so, and Brands <laughs> The the Broncos have the London Broncos haven't always been the London Broncos. They were the before. The, I think Broncos is a recent like last ten years yeah. perhaps. Yeah, right. that, that was something else. The I think the Harlequins Rugby Club owned them at one point. Oh. Yeah. So okay. anyway, um, but they yeah they, were, they had a bad season, bankruptcy, relegation. They're, you know, I mean, they're pretty good in the second mm. division. So maybe that's that. Maybe that's maybe the that's their home. Yeah. And it's, 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 sorry, I was just going to say while we're on, you know the. International Rugby League update and we know it's Challenge Cup round and we know also that Toronto Wolfpack had their probably the biggest game in Canadian Rugby League history on the weekend against Warrington Wolves and, and we all know the result and I just say I just want to say that it was a fantastic occasion and yeah. it's, yeah. it's fantastic to see Toronto in the sixth round of the uh, Challenge Cup even taking out the fact that it was a Canadian team yeah. which is amazing the Wolves versus the Wolfpack. Oh, <laughs> I mean, how often do you get mascots, like competing mascots? That's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, it's hardly fair, is it? Well, it happens in the New South Wales Cup. You've got the Wentworthville Magpies versus the Western Suburbs Magpies. What happens then? Happens, the two mascots turn up. It happens in the Queensland Cup too, because you've got the Tweed Seagulls and the Winter Manly Seagulls. Oh, oh there wow. you go. So, so what happens? Over the, same oh, we? the mascots just turn up and look at each other and just like shrug their shoulders. It's like, what do we do? Are we that short of mascots, really? Well, apparently we are. Apparently, alright. Okay. Oh, more international. More. Yes. More international. Oh, yes. So we know we're all looking forward to Rugby League World Cup 2021. Yeah, um, can't wait. I'm counting down the days. Only 922 to go. <laughs> Just made that number up. Uh, so uh, in the qualifications are starting to take shape as to how certain teams are going to get to qualify. So it's been announced that France, Ireland, Scotland, and Wales are going to play this year in a European Championship through October, November. Wow. The top two of those, the top two teams from that that tournament will get automatic qualification to 2021. The, the third or fourth place teams will have to go in and battle it out with a, a second qualifying tournament with other European teams. So I'm mm. talking Italy, Italy's, your Italy, Russia's, your Russia's, your Serbia's, oh, yes. your Spain's, yeah. oh. uh, plus a host of others. Um, and also, 
in the Americas there's going to be a qualifying tournament as well so Chile, USA, Canada and Jamaica are also going to play off oh, I'm not wow. quite sure what the qualification metric is there but I'm pretty sure the winner of that tournament gets automatic qualification and the loser gets to be gets to host a game a, a qualifying game against some one of the one of the European, of the European qualifiers so potentially two American representative two teams from the Americas in the next World Cup and I think potentially up to seven European teams I'm, it, I'm excited. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I'd bloody love to see some Jamaican rugby league. I don't mind telling you. Oh, that'd yeah. be some progressive rugby league. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It wouldn't be just hit-ups and tucking under the arm and completing sets. <laughs> no. That'd make it exciting. I don't think yeah. it'd be a single hit-up. It'd just no. be all sideline to sideline. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Updates done for this week. Thank you, Big Al. You're welcome. You're welcome. And with the updates done, that means we... Look to our progressive rugby league moment of the week. Um, what about you? Yeah, Jono, I'll kick it off. Well, Thursday night there was a game between the Tigers and the Cowboys. Big Al, I believe you were there, and it was a bit controversial uh, that Scott Bolton was playing. And we know Scott Bolton. I think he was arrested uh, for a decent assault, and there was a bit of a, a hoo-ha: should he play? Should he not? He played in the end, and there are arguments to and and to and against, for and against. Uh, but I would like to say congratulations to the Tigers fans for booing him and then just saying, hey, we know what you did and you're not just, just going to get away with it just playing your natural game. You know, you, uh, we see you and we boo you. The rugby league audiences have really developed a social conscience over the last well, few years, haven't they? They certainly have. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of yeah, things they've collectively decided mm. they aren't okay with. Well, you don't get to play a game in an inner western hub of Sydney and not face progressive values. Progressive values, exactly. Yeah, well, the question, we should really quickly talk about it. I mean, should Scott Bolton have played or should the NRL have said, you know what, we're not saying he's guilty or not guilty, but, you know, in reference to what we think about women in our game, he should stand stand aside for one match, understanding the sensitivities there. Should that have been the case? Or should we just say, okay, you haven't, you haven't had your day in court, you can play until you do? I guess he'd fight that if he feels he's innocent. Because mm. mm. then it looks like an admission of guilt. So Yes, well, you'd have to, the NRL would have to be clear and say, we're not saying you're guilty, but in light of you know yeah. trying to attract women to the game, we're going to stand your side for one week, uh, and then you can come back. But anyway, like standing aside for one week and then coming back, the, like the investigation or whatever it is is going to go for a lot. Yeah, that's right. What, what is standing down, for, standing aside for one? Well, week? it's a statement. It's a statement saying we recognise this is not a good look. Yeah. Mm, but and I, and I understand that, but that's that, that, that puts like almost like an assumption of guilt on a player. And I use as yes. reference the Sean Kenny Dow. Um, Nova, Nova Perisley? No, Nova Perisley's yeah. daughter. Um, daughter mm. uh, where, when that happened, I think even Barry O'Farrell came out and said Sean Kenny Dow should be banned for life, step him down, whatever. And through this horrible, terrible court case of the strong operators, it was found that he was innocent yeah. and she had actually um, manipulated the situation. So it's just a really sensitive yes. It's a really sensitive area. And so by standing a player down, regardless of the intent behind it, to, to the public says, Guilty mm. and um, without that, it's just a really it's a really difficult uh, area to navigate. It sure so, is. I mean, it's hard to say what's the right thing to do, what's the wrong thing to do. Putting a really hilarious spin on it, though. If a, if a coach, <laughs> please, if a coach was to know that, or if, if there was an allegation against a player, they get automatic, automatically stood down for a week. 
before each big game, oh. people would be paid to go out and make allegations left, right, and center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. A good point. yeah there's <laughs> that's always, where there's room for manipulation yeah. of the system, uh, <laughs> the yeah. coaches will do it. Wow. Thurston and suddenly become yeah. Australia's most wanted, yeah. for example. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, maybe I was a little naive there. You, you've you've come come up with the goods there. Oh, oh thank you. <laughs> you've won me over. Yeah, I'll never, never get some goods on job. <laughs> He spends too much time oh, in my hair. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He understands you too well now. Um, what's your PRL moment of the week? My PRL moment of the week, is, again, is connected to Indigenous Rounds. And oh, yeah. this is a really amazing time of year for me because it's one of those rare occasions where all the mainstream press make an effort to put out some really great stories because mm. it's just what's being talked about. So just throughout the week, you see really good stories by um, like on SMH and then Delhi, all, all the usual ones, just about Indigenous players and the way they've come through, how they've had support, the connection of their family, what their family has gone through, what it means to them. And these are like full back straight, back page, sometimes front page spreads. And mm-hmm. it doesn't just stick with, this, with the traditional print media as well. Even the digital media gets into it. So I don't know if anybody of our listeners are aware of Player's Voice, but that's a, a website that does one-on-one interviews with players. And there was a really good interview with this son of Arthur Beetson about yeah. what it means about the I think the title of the story was um, the man who changed the nation mm. and it, you really did in that that again what that that big feat of being selected as a national captain as an indigenous person when you know not too long ago indigenous people were um, barely recognised by the country etc cetera, etc cetera. Yeah. I just think it's a really great time where you can get out there and consume some great. It's just some great stories about the game and what the game can do. Yeah. And as a rugby league fan, it makes me extremely proud. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Yeah, you can't underestimate the power of this Indigenous round on the Indigenous population uh, because obviously over the last, over many generations, they've had it tough and there hasn't been many things for them to look up and, and feel proud of who they are. And this is one aspect of life where they can look and go, we're really proud of that. We're re- really proud of ourselves. And we now, and there's more and more people who are going out there and identifying as indigenous people where in the, in the past they weren't necessarily doing that. Yeah. So yeah. it's things like this and it's rug- sports like rugby league in particular yeah. that are helping that happen. I think any, anything, sorry to cut your story, anything that helps Australia, mainstream Australia embrace indigenous culture and almost um, I don't want to say take ownership of it, but not treat it as like it's the it's the indigenous culture is the indigenous culture of this country that yeah. we're in, and yeah. to sort of feel like that is actually a part of of you and, and the place that you're in, rather than treating it as it's something separate. Yeah, it's uh, it's yeah. Do you suppose that the NRL has got good accounts of positive feedback from the indigenous community for for this to be a regular thing that happens every year? I, I imagine so. Yeah. I imagine so because I think the NRL has been, you know, a pretty good leader in in the in this space. So there's, you know, Jonathan Thurston, for instance, was uh, nominated for Australian of the Year, and and yeah. so there's some strong Indigenous voices in the game as in the playing group itself, including Greg Inglis as well. Yeah. In terms of overall playing population, so the Indigenous population. Um, as a percentage of the Australian population is something like 2%. Yeah. But Indigenous players that identify as Indigenous as part of the NRL playing group, I think it's up there like 15%. Yeah. Like that. They're really over-indexed. Yeah. And so it's, it's a massive part of our game um, and it, it should be recognised and celebrated. Over-indexed. Over-indexed. Yeah, nice. Okay, good. Um, well, my progressive rugby league moment is uh, purely a nod 
to the bar staff at the Leichhardt Oval. Oh, cool. The, okay. Uh, the people that um, sell the beer there. So they sell, and this is this is a, a story I got from a friend of mine. The they sell VB in cans there. They sure do. Um, which um, you know, a lot of people appreciate because it's extremely easy to sneak some VB cans in <laughs> to the ground. Never even thought of that. Oh, <laughs> so and, much wasted money. And not have to pay the exorbitant uh, ground prices. So. Um, I'm sure if you were security at like Art Oval, you'd be <laughs> d- seeing a lot of people coming in with enormous biceps for some reason, <laughs> on, on skinny frame bodies. Yeah. Because, yeah, you know, you've got obviously a few up the sleeve. That's right. Down the trouser legs. Um, yeah, and, you know, we'll so good So, um, you know, not so good from a money making perspective from the people there at like Art Oval, yeah. but, you know. For Joe Public. Joe Public. For the hip hip pocket, yeah. Uh, is that progressive? I don't know. My my moments are becoming less and less progressive <laughs> as this series goes on. Well, a can is recyclable, so yes, there you yeah, go. There and, you and, go. And, and, and I guess it's kind of a, an indirect favour to the community. Exactly. So, so to the working go. working classes, yeah, working people, working Australians, working families. And that's what I've got for you well this done. week. Um, I think it's time to go, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, All right. Well, so I'll get the Kevin Hardwick wigs now. Yeah. <laughs> I want, I want my Hensley beer. beard. You start rustling around for those while I tell people that we would like them to get in contact with us at progressiverl at outlook.com, at uh, Twitter, at Facebook, or you know what? Just simply tell someone about it, you know? Hashtag talk the pot up. You know, let's let's get let's get that going. Like, tell somebody. Yeah, that's catchy. Yeah. Um, thanks very much. Bye all. See ya. See you guys in Rugby League. We trust. <laughs>